Welcome to Graduating Grief, a podcast designed to help you step back into living your life with joy after loss. If you're ready to move from surviving to thriving, you've come to the right place. Here's your host and inspirationista, Sherry Dunleavy. When someone we love dies, we go through a myriad of emotions. Um, And some of those emotions can be frustration and anger, especially if that person that we love dies, leaves us with an incredible mess to clean up. Um, And that truly is a case for so many people. If that is the case for you um, as part of your grief journey, then this is the episode that is a must listen for you. Because my guest today, Rachel Donnelly of a Black Dress Consultants, is here to help you. <laughs> this is something that she specializes in, in helping families who are left with this mess um, so that they can clean up the mess and get back to the business of grieving and healing. Um, but also as someone to... Um, heed the warning of don't let this happen to you, right? So it's twofold. Rachel, thank you so much for being a guest today. Oh my goodness, Sherry. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just delighted to be here. So tell me how did this become your life's mission and passion? Well, I'd like to use that old saying, necessity is the mother of invention. And I created a service that I would have wanted um, years ago when I was managing um, the dumpster fires of of after loss, as I like to refer to them. Um, Unfortunately, I've had several experiences with with after loss that have led me here. Um, I lost my dad when I was 16. And um, then several years later, we've lost you know my grandparents and was helping out with my grandmother when when she was in the latter stages of her life with with Parkinson's and moving her close to a um, in a senior living community. Um, and then a couple of years after that, uh, my mom unfortunately um, got sick and passed away just a couple of weeks after her cancer diagnosis. and at the time, I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old and had just started a new job, um, and my husband and I had just moved into a new house. Um, so not only was I dealing with all of those really wonderful moments of my life, but I was dealing with the loss of now both of my parents at a pretty young age, and then that left me to be the caregiver for my uncle, my mom's brother, who was um, battling Parkinson's. And those circumstances left me to have to make a lot of decisions around, you know, not only an aging loved one and, and his care, but also decisions in completely unfurnishing and downsizing mm. uh, my mom's, my, my parents' entire life, pretty much. Um, my mom had really never really gotten rid of everything after my dad passed away. Um, she had never um, cleaned out or sold my grandmother's house, which had been in our family since 1890. And so I was tasked with 
having to sell my childhood home, my grandmother's home, um, as well as a, a lake house. Then on top of that, taking care of my, my uncle. Um, so all of those, those tasks and logistics were just completely overwhelming. And to have to make decisions that you are, don't feel qualified, don't feel equipped to make. Um, and then also to, you know, to have to dispose of one's entire life mm-hmm. is really, really difficult while having, or not while having to, but while managing your own life. No. Um, so, you know, there's a great quote in the, you know, the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning, where she talks about how, or she says, and I forgot her name. I can't believe it. Um, the author, you know, why would you expect someone to stop their life to, to take care of the things that you didn't take care of while you were living Mm. in essence is, is, is the, the quote. And I think there's a lot of guilt around it. I think that we feel like, oh, we love our loved one. We, we are happy or we're, we need to take care of these things ourselves. And while, while that is true, it's also completely unfair to expect someone to have to make all of those decisions on their own. Um, so that really led me to um, seeing that there was a real gap in the market in terms of um, services out there to help families manage what I like to call the business of death. Mm. And yes, we have all these professionals out there in terms of accountants and lawyers and you know estate planning and probate attorneys and financial advisors. Um, but I really felt there needed to be a project manager slash professional organizer that could provide concierge services and consulting to families managing all of those logistics and tasks. So did you take notes or inventory as you were going (laughs) through all of this? Um, How, you know, like, how did you find your way through? Um, First of all, and congratulations on living to tell the tale to all of us (laughs) after going through all of that. But how did you come, I mean, obviously we, we know the need now we know the right. need is out right. there. And if it, if, if you needed it, you can imagine there are so many others that do. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So how did you figure out like, where do you start? What do you do? How did you know, how did you get to where you are now? Well, and I think that that's, that's what makes it difficult <laughs> is because we don't talk a lot about death. There's really no standard operating procedures. There's no manual out there that people can turn to um, after they've lost a loved one. It's like they are having to recreate the wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was what I had to do is I had to create all of these, my own manual and and figure out and learn all of these things on my own. And I joke that I went and got my PhD in the school of hard knocks, um, because I just had to learn, you know, not only soup to nuts about probate and, um, 
you know, the, the, the legalities and how to get rid of China and silver, but also the aging process for, you know, managing that, navigating that for a loved one, you know, all the mm-hmm. different ins and outs of being a caregiver. Um, so it was really just me figuring it out, researching, talking to people, um, and just coming up with a plan of action. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is great in a way, because I've taken everything that I've learned and now turned it into a business, but it doesn't and shouldn't have to be that hard. Um, we should have, um, you know, services, point persons out there who can be that helping hand, can help families build a customized roadmap mm-hmm. uh, for after loss. And that's what I really see my business as being as a personalized GPS and a personalized roadmap, meeting that family and that, that client where they are so that they can have the space to grieve and then get back to the things that really matter to them, get back to their lives, get back to their everyday things. Okay. So where I call you, um, and I say, well, you know, like who, like, is it, is your typical customer, someone that is left with, you know, maybe some, someone from out of town and right. they, they, um, they don't live in the same town as their parents. It's the last parent alive. Right. They died. Right. Now they've got a house full of things, a house to get rid of. They live 500 miles away. Right. Um, yeah. what do I do? Where do I start? I think yeah. maybe calling you, that's like where you yeah. start. Yeah. And, and you bring up some great points because I think that those factors are really weighing into what is becoming this perfect storm and a need for other professionals of after loss services. We're living longer. We're not living closer to our families as we, we used to in living these small, you know, small towns that we grew up in. We have more stuff than ever. So all of those things are creating, like I said, this perfect storm of of families having to manage just this, this huge um, project Mm -hmm. of after loss. But in regards to my, my clients, uh, a lot of them are executors who have, um, or working professionals still have children at home and are tasked with managing their parents' estate and just don't have the bandwidth and the number of hours in their day to manage all of the tasks. So I'm cutting, I'm helping them cut down on the number of manpower hours that they're having to put in Mm -hmm. to their families, um, to settling their loved one's estate. There's several studies out there, but caring.com says it takes an average of six months to two years to settle loved ones affairs. I've seen others, exec, um, exec.org or exec.com, I forgot the website, it says 570 hours is the average to settle an estate. So executors are those just, you know, settling their loved ones affairs. Widows um, are a lot of my clients um, that they either have never paid bills before um, the first, for the first time and their husband, um, especially with widows just took care of all of those administrative and financial tasks in their household and they need help 
um, changing the names on the accounts or marshalling where all the accounts are um, and maybe closing down accounts, um, mailing off the death certificates that countless organizations and institutions want, and they mm-hmm. all want a certified copy right. um, to helping them, you know, close their social media accounts. Um, so it really runs the gamut. What I do is when I talk with a client, I just sort of do a discovery session of what are the things that are keeping them up at night? What is worrying them the most? And if I had a magic wand, what could I wave and take away from them at that moment? That's wonderful. So let me just ask you a generalized question. Um, what is the issue that most people like, what is there a common issue that most people have the most difficult time with after death? Um, you know, I recently did a social media post about the presumed superpowers of executors. And um, I'd say a lot of times one of the main hangups is just not even knowing how to get started or what the process is in terms of probate. The word probate is so um, mysterious to people. They don't understand all the ins and outs and they don't understand all of the responsibilities of as that that are assigned to them and that they're responsible for as as an executor. So I'd say that's one or just a lot of the the legal aspects Mm -hmm. and I help them. I'm not an attorney, but I help them. I have a lot of my clients build their team. Do you need a referral? Do you need me to work hand in hand with uh, the attorney to help complete tasks? Um, I'd say one, uh, one another big theme is what to do with their stuff. I mean, the, the amount of stuff I see in people's homes, you know, tax returns from 1972 onward. Um, you know, binders and binders and binders of financial information, um, clothes, knickknacks, you know, china, silver, crystal, Mm -hmm. you know, their clothes, what to do with all of the things Um, and helping them put to bed that guilt. Of getting getting rid of them, of of getting rid of that. Yeah. So do you have any golden rules or any like across the board advice of what to start with this stuff? I mean, I, I sort of work with my clients to say, what are the gems? What are the things that you really, like if you could, without looking at everything, if you could think back to maybe your childhood home and there was a bowl that your mother used when she was making a special recipe and that's something where you're like, yes, I really want that. Like think of, go ahead and think in your mind, like what are those gems that you know you want to keep and try to stick to them because an often pitfall I see is they get in there and they start, oh, I want to keep this or oh, I don't know, maybe. And it's very emotional. It's very hard. But sometimes I tell my clients it's either hell yes or hell no. You either really want to keep this. And if you don't, then give yourself the permission to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Let's And I will help you get rid of it. Um, so, yeah. So just them really being connected to whatever that piece is. And like I think you and I were talking about before, just because you get rid of it doesn't mean you can't capture it. Doesn't mean you can't take a picture and have it professionally framed to sit in your home of whatever 
said item is. Yes. Um, and if you can repurpose, I mean, that's, I think that's the thing that so many, you know, I, I read so many articles now where mm-hmm. um, it's, it's speaking to elderly parents saying your children don't want your stuff and neither do your kids. I mean, how many yeah. people collected Hummels and, oh my gosh. Um, you yeah. know, uh, bells or um, spoons when they went on vacation, you know, like the, oh my gosh. Right. I was, I know I was sitting with an executor a couple of weeks ago and she's like, do you think they would want this tiny spoon that says Texas on it? And I was like, nobody wants that, honey. I'm, I know, but no, let's either donate it or, um, you know, whatever, throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just think, um, we become surrounded by our stuff that sometimes we just don't even see it. And they might be reminders to, you know, like I look at some of the things that I have up in my home that are reminders to me that make me smile, Mm -hmm. but they're not going to make my son smile. No, they're not, you know, so pitch it or get rid of it. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. Um, and, and also if you have things of value, I've gone through this myself, Um, My dad collected some things that he always said, someday these are going to be worth something, but now he's gone and there's no directive of what, where to go, who this is valuable to, who might want this. And so then you're thinking, oh my gosh, what if I, like, is this going to be one of those things that I give to a thrift shop and next week I'm going to hear on the news that That someone went to a thrift shop and paid a quarter. (laughs) Yeah. For a Van Gogh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure if I'm the, if I thought this, uh, there are others who are thinking the same thing. Yes. Countless people. And I know I had a lot of those thoughts when I was going through houses um personally that were my families mm-hmm. but that's what I try to do is be step back and be that objective viewer with the client and mm-hmm. say okay let's look at this broad brush and let's look at everything in your house and I start with let's find the gems first the gems you want to keep the gems that may be worth a lot and then I'll start outsourcing and say okay do you need a rare books appraiser do you need you know insert Chihuly art a Chihuly glass art appraiser, you know, what have you. And I have um, colleagues that I work with that I can send pictures and they'll say, yeah, you're an A. And then finding those gems, getting, you know, coordinating appraisals if need be, not only for the estate, um, sometimes you need to do that inventory of all the different personal property, mm-hmm. but then if you want to sell it, so knowing how much it may be worth. And then going to the, the secondary sell market of, is does this need to be a online estate sale or some sort of clean out. Um, and then the donate, then the junk. So trying to step back and look at things objectively and come up with a process and a plan for slowly, slowly whittling down everything. So you can, you're, what you're providing is saving peace of mind you're you're providing peace yeah. of mind you're providing mm-hmm. direction guidance mm-hmm. and maybe closing the gap on time like you're saving people yeah. time aren't you yeah and i and i that's discussions i have with my clients sometimes is you know i can of course my i don't work for free of course right. so you know it's how much do you 
what what is valuable to you to save you know money or to save time and mm-hmm. sometimes a lot of people these days their time is so valuable so i can help step in as much or as little to save them that time um and to shorten the process um as much as possible you know a client a couple of weeks ago i probably saved her months of her continuing to keep up her dad's house and pay the bills because i got the house cleaned out in 2 weeks and so then it was ready to sell. It's already on the market and it's under contract. So yeah, um, there was a little bit of give and take there, but you know, ultimately I saved her a lot of money and continued to keep that house up. Okay. So was, so you live in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Mm-hmm. So how could you help someone like me living in Wheeling, West Virginia? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. So I provide <laughs> virtual consulting from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and can get on, um, zoom and I help clients and we come up with a customized to-do list based on their circumstances, their needs, um, their situation. And we work together to knock off tasks, um, one by one. And then I can also, I have a network of professionals, not only in Atlanta and Georgia, but nationwide, actually we're worldwide. I have uh, colleagues in what I call the death care industry um, and estate planning um, industry everywhere that I can help call upon to to help build their team on what no matter what they need um, if, if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so building their team, you know, helping shorten the process, helping come up with a pro- problem shoot and. Um, manage those other duties as assigned. Mm-hmm. You know, things always come up that you didn't even think about when you're right. managing an estate. So saying, what do I do with these fill in the blank? Um, and I can help say, you know what? I don't know, but I'll do some research and get back to you. Mm-hmm. So I can do that from anywhere. Right. Um, of course, in order to provide that physical yeah. Um, you can't go in and clean out someone's house in Wheeling, West Virginia, but you can show them, no, you know, where they can take no. some of their stuff maybe, or connect them. To exactly. Someone who can help connect them. Yeah. them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. So um, let's, uh, before we leave, um, could you give people like me who don't want to leave a mess for my family, <laughs> some mm-hmm, tips mm-hmm. on what we should be addressing and what we should be paying attention to now so yes. that when our time has come that my mm-hmm. family can spend the time it needs to grieve my loss instead of be overwhelmed by yes. not just my loss, but all my stuff. Yes. And that is another great question. And that's a system that I have built that I work strategically with clients to address um, knowledge gaps Mm -hmm. um, in their end of life or estate planning Mm -hmm. um, and help be that accountability partner. And so a couple of those are um, making sure that your family knows what accounts you have and where everything is located. One of our biggest, I'd say blind spots is our digital estate. Our lives don't live in file cabinets on paper. We can't even get you know per, uh, statements anymore on paper. Uh, when you log into your credit card account, it wants to auto enroll you in that e-billing. Um, 
So doing an inventory and detailed list of where all of your accounts, how do you pay your bills? What social media accounts do you have? What tablets or iPads or, or phones are out there? Um, what email addresses do you use? And just sort of, like I said, pulling everything together so your family knows where to look and how you access things. Um, making sure that the beneficiaries are up to date on, on your accounts, your life insurance or your banking accounts where your family have access to funds if something were to happen to you tomorrow, would they be able to have access to money to pay for your funeral? And then writing down what you want your funeral and memorial wishes to be. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with clients and they're just scratching their heads and just feel so conflicted as because they don't know what their mom or dad would have wanted, what they want to be cremated or traditional burial or their ashes shot out of a cannon. <laughs> Those are all right, right. options. So, you know, writing that, that stuff down, the personal property, I can't stress that enough too. Some of the biggest fights and, and disagreements you see in families is not only over monetary of our pieces of property with monetary value, but the sentimental value, you know, mm -hmm. of who gets grandma's pie plate and when, and just being maybe sitting down with pen to paper and saying, you know what, my son's going to get my grandfather's pocket watch because of X, Y, and Z. And here's where it came from. And here's why it's important. That will save your family so much hassle and, and instead of anguish. So that's what I really want to do is help families provide ease instead of anguish, get them, help get them organized and preserve their legacy um, instead of having a big old mess after they're gone. Rachel, that sounds like um, such a wonderful thing. And um, I, I, yeah, I mean, you're helping people get their life back, get their sanity back, get their, you know, I mean, seriously, the stress alone can be, you know, deadly if, if, if you have yes. too much on your plate. I mean, this ser seriously can be a matter of life and death of, of, of good Absolutely. health and bad health, you know? Absolutely. Um, and so um, any help that you can, you can receive and any help that's out there to help you, I want to help connect people. Boy, I said help yeah. a lot, but, but yeah. that's truly what we all need. So how can people get in touch with you? Well, they can find me, um, go to my website at blackdressconsultants.com. I am on Instagram at blackdressconsultants, Facebook, black dress consultants. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, let's see. I also have YouTube, a YouTube channel where you can see some of my past webinars and Instagram lives. Um, so please feel free to reach out. I have a newsletter that I send out with lots of great tidbits um, and information and some, some free documents to help provide you with resources. Uh, this is such a joy and a passion of mine to help give families the space to grieve, whether that's taking tasks off families' plates after a loss or helping them to get more prepared. So it really gives me such joy to be able to do that. So I'm happy to talk with anyone and everyone to find out if I can help make that happen. Thank you for listening to the Graduating Grief Podcast. For more information on the Graduating Grief community, workshops, and retreats, 
go to www.sherrydunlevy.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, and share.